Hello Crossword family and friends. Welcome to Monday Night Real. Hashtag Better Ask Sykes. I don't need to tell you that we have a lot going on in this world, so I want to entertain your questions. You can just send your question to us and then I'll answer whatever you want me to answer, but let's deal with the current situation, what God has put on your heart. So let me open in a word of prayer and then we'll go as long as is needed because this world is in turmoil. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the privilege and the power of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for giving us the strength to make it through any season. Good days, bad days, Father, we can make it because you have anointed us. So Father, I pray over your children. I pray that you would encourage them to let them know that you're not done with them. Allow us to converse, to have this conversation, wherever is on their heart. Father, give me your anointing to deal with that from a biblical perspective. Move now by your spirit. It's in Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, praise God for you on this evening. We're going to entertain some questions. The first question that has popped up on the screen already, am I wrong to join the protesting? We know that there's a lot going on all throughout our country. Am I wrong to join the protesting? I would say that you are not wrong if you are protesting with the right heart and you're not engaging in the anarchy, you're not destroying property. We have a right as U.S. citizens to protest. We don't live in a communist country, which unfortunately, sometimes I think our government thinks that we do. You have a right to voice your opinions, but you have to respect the opinions of other people. This is America. We are a diverse country. We are a country of ideas, ideology, and we can agree to disagree. I was on the panel with my friend Pastor Matt at his church, Sandals Church, his debrief podcast, and we talked about race, riots, and injustice. This is the right topic to have during this season. Pastor Matt those of you who don't know, a white pastor, but he has a heart for the kingdom of God. And this season is the season that churches, regardless of race, creed, or color, Christian churches need to stand together. So are you wrong for protesting? Absolutely not. As long as you're not breaking out windows and going into stores, smash and grab, all that detracts from the message. That's why Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King is so renowned because he was able to lead peaceful protests. And we got the Civil Rights Act. We got the, the Voting Rights Act. We, we were able to progress because we showed our humanity without destroying property. And I, I understand it's a different season, but we want to be as wise as serpents and gentle as doves. So I commend you. You want to get out in the streets, but make sure you're doing it under the, the banner of the Christ that lives in you. Amen? Hope that answers your question. Great question. Let's talk some more. The next question. Any suggestions you can suggest to maintain my, san my sanity right now? Any suggestions you can suggest so I can maintain my sanity? Reading the Word of God. Every time you open the Bible, God opens His mouth. And it's amazing to me how many people don't read the Word of God. That's your comfort. That's your solace. God will speak to you. Again, when you open the Bible, God speaks to your heart. So I would challenge you to read Proverbs and Psalms. Psalms and Proverbs every day. 
I do this all the time, every month. You make it coincide to the day. Today is, of course, June 1st, so you should have read or still can read Proverbs 1, Psalm 1. Tomorrow, Proverbs 2, Psalm 2. Proverbs is a book of praise. We need to be able to praise God. We need to be able to rejoice, even in the middle of anarchy, even in the middle of trouble, we need to know how to rejoice. And then, of course, Proverbs is just a book of wisdom. So you're praising God, and then you're getting God's wisdom. That will fortify you. That will gird you up. That will give you the strength that you need to make it in such a time as this. And unfortunately, it's going to get worse. Unfortunately, these things must happen, and then the end will come. Christian folks, we should expect these things. So you need to make sure that you have the word of God in you. You need to make sure you have the spirit of God in you, but you need to make sure you have his word surrounding you so that you don't get caught up in this mess that we see going on in the greatest country on the face of the earth. Amen? Amen. Next question came in. My son is angry and saying, how long do I pray before something is done? Any suggestions on what to tell him? He's angry because he's praying and whatever he's praying for is not coming to fruition. Well, you have to trust God anyhow. Sometimes God answers that prayer, but we're not ready to receive that prayer. So we don't understand what he's saying to us. Sometimes we're not spiritually mature to, to decipher the voice of God. So you keep on praying that prayer. You keep on bringing it to the throne of grace. Father God, I need an answer to this prayer. Father God, I need healing. Father God, I need a job. I need for you to hear my prayer and answer my prayer. See, we had the facade that all we had to do is pray once. I, I've heard pastors say this in the past. You pray one time and leave it at the throne of grace. If you pray any more than that, it's showing a lack of faith. That's not Bible. You talk to your daddy. How would you like it if you, I don't know how old you are, if you're married, if male or female, but how would you like if your children only spoke to you once a day? You keep on talking to your daddy in heaven. You pray over and over again, never giving up on God. He will never give up on you. There's power in prayer, and we need to be prayed up during the season that we are in. So I encourage you, keep on praying. God hears you, and, and sometimes you may be praying for something that you're not ready to handle. So you need to ask God, Lord, am I missing something? Father, what do I need to do to hear directly from you Never give up on God because he'll never give up on you. Wonderful question. Praying for your strength. Next question. Bishop, how did the podcast go? Talking about the podcast I just mentioned with, with Pastor Matt Saddles Church. It was absolutely wonderful. Wonderful church, wonderful setup, dealing with real questions. And Pastor Matt, for those of you who, who don't know, he's a personal friend. He pastors Sandals Church in Riverside, multi-campuses, campuses all over the place. One of the largest churches in the United States. I believe, and don't quote me on this, I believe right now Sandals Church is ranked like the 11th largest church in the United States. So God is using him mightily. So for him to reach out to me so we can have this discussion, that's his heart. And we had a great time, a great time entertaining questions and dealing with real issues that there is a divide between the races. This is a divide between black and white. And that is part of Satan's idea that we will have a race war. And unfortunately, it's being stoked by our president of the United States. Now understand, when, when, when I say this, hear my heart. I'm not a Democrat or Republican. 
I shared this today. I'm not Democrat or Republican. I'll vote for the person I feel that has the best interests of the church at heart. So I have voted for Republicans. I have voted for Democrats. You need to make sure that you're voting God's agenda. So you have to understand what we're going through is something that we must go through, but God is still for us. He's not against us. How long should I keep on praying? You keep on praying until things happen. Amen? The podcast was wonderful, but we keep on praying until we see a change happen. The next question. Bishop, I keep praying to the Lord. This is a, a basically the same question, same type of question. I keep on praying to the Lord. How long, Lord? What are your thoughts? Should I stop? No, I, I just entertained that from someone else. So this must be on the spirit of people's heart. No, you pray until something happens. That, that's an old cliche. You push, pray until something happens. You don't just talk to your children, as I stated one time, pray until something happens. And honestly, ask God to make you ready to receive that answer. Ask God to give you the fortitude, the strength to receive that answer. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. You can never pray too much. Sometimes we have the tendency to pray we wake up, pray before we eat a meal, pray before we go to bed, but you should pray without ceasing. That's what the Word of God says. Pray without ceasing. That means you pray with your eyes wide open. You pray when you feel good. You pray when you feel bad. You pray when you want something, and then you pray, Lord, I just stop by to thank you. Lord, I don't want anything. I just want to say thank you for giving me the breath of life. And, and really, that's a true prayer. When you can say, Daddy, I, I just thank you. I remember how I used to be. I remember when I was broke down. I remember when I was destitute. Father, I just want to thank you. Yes, I want more, but Father, I just thank you that I am who I am. I thank you that I'm still living. You should have killed me a long time ago. It's a, a relationship that we're in. It's a conversation. We converse with our daddy. He's not so disconnected and we have to use all these fancy words. And I've told you this before, when we pray on Sunday mornings, we being preachers, we pray that type of prayer because that's what we are called to do. But I guarantee you, when we're in the privacy of our, home, our own home, we are just praying from the heart. Father, I need you. With tears rolling down the side of our face, Father, I need you. You called me to this position. You called me to minister to people. Father, it's hard sometimes. I need you. Stop trying to make it fancy. Continue to pray until you receive an answer to that prayer. And again, in this season, we need prayer. Things are coming apart real quick. And we need Christians to stand firm in the revelation knowledge that God is still the God who healeth thee. God is still the God who is in charge and in control. Amen? Wonderful question. Next question. Bishop, my anger is at a 10 right now, and so is the rest of my family. Any tips on how to lead them and not give into the anger? Okay, when you say your anger is at a 10, I really need some more background. Is the anger at a 10 because it's a relational issue? Or is your anger directed to what you're watching on television, what you're seeing, the anarchy in the world? So if it's dealing with your relationship, my question would be, why is it at a 10? And sometimes in a relationship, sometimes it's better to separate until your anger level comes down. Because if it's at a 10 already, whatever you say is not going to be the right thing to say. 
I don't know if you're male or female, don't know if you're married or single, but whatever you say, when your anger is up here, normally it's gonna come out foul. And it's going to be something you have to apologize for after the fact. And it could be something that will destroy that relationship between that husband, that wife, or that child, or that coworker. You cannot take those words back. And this is something we all need to be conscious of. As children on the playgrounds, we used to say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie straight out of the pit of hell. That bone will heal, but that word that you say when you're at a 10, that person will never forget. Even if they forgive you, they'll never forget it. And you might wound them to the point that you'll never be close again. So if it's at a 10, my suggestion is to call for counseling or call a friend that you can kind of walk through your feelings and your emotions before you just go for the juggler. Amen? I hope that answers your question. Next question. The seven things that God hates and the Ten Commandments are in the Old Testament, are they still relevant in the New Testament? Wonderful question. The Bible says all of God's word is relevant. All that God has spoken is relevant. Now, we're not under the condemnation of the Old Testament, but the Old Testament is still relevant. The New Testament, we're New Testament saints. So we, and as you heard me, if you remember Crossword, you heard me teach that we should read the New Testament more than we read the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament is literally the Jewish Bible. The New Testament is the Christian Bible. I share with you that the Jewish people, they don't read the New Testament Bible. They're still reading from Genesis to Malachi. That, that's it. They have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So as New Testament Christians, we should know more about the New Testament, but the whole Bible. The whole Bible is God-inspired. God breathed the whole Bible into existence. So you read the Old Testament for its history, but you receive your blessings in the New. I hope that makes sense to you. The Old Testament gives you the foundation, and of course, Genesis through Exodus and the history, reading the Psalms and the Proverbs, all that is rich. So you don't want to discount that, but you want to hang your hat on the New Testament. Jesus came so that we could be grafted in because Israel rejected God. Israel, the Jews, that's God's chosen people. They rejected God. That's why it was open to the Gentiles. Those who they felt, they being the Jews, felt that the Gentiles didn't deserve to be saved. But because they rejected his son, they rejected Jesus Christ, it was opened up to us. So you want to read the New Testament more than you read the Old Testament. But again, all scriptures are God-inspired. So read all of it. It will bless your soul. Amen? Next question. Come on, keep them coming. Next question. My buddy says he's losing faith. What can I tell him? My buddy said he's losing faith. Again, when, when you send these questions in, if you can give me a little more background, why is he losing faith? Did he lose his job? Did he have a relationship issue? Did he lose mama or daddy or, or a loved one? Why is he losing faith? Has he been praying for healing and his body is not healed? What do you do when you're losing faith? You remain faithful. It's on God's timetable. And I have found that, that sometimes what we are praying for is not really 
in the center of God's will. So you need to make sure you're asking your daddy what he has for you and what he wants you to do. So if you're praying without ceasing, you don't see anything different, ask your father, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to ask you for, Father? Lead me, guide me, and direct me. I'm not going to give up on you because you said you would never give up on me. So sometimes, let me share this with you, you feel like you're losing faith, you may be this close to a breakthrough. Because the truth is, the more God has for you, the more that demon in hell is going to attack you. That's why we say, to whom much is given, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. And this is one area that Christians struggle in. We want God, Lord, bless me with the cattle on a thousand hills. Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. Give me, give me, give me. Prosperity. What the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. So the more God blesses you, the more Satan's going to attack you. And we always say Satan attacks us. I believe sometimes we're so weak spiritually, Satan just sends his, his demons. He doesn't even waste his time with us. He, he's trying to, but he's already got into the White House. I was going to say he's trying to get into the White House, but he already got into the White House. But Satan is trying to topple governments. He's trying to topple empires. So you need to be careful when you say, well, you know what? Satan keeps attacking me. Maybe you just need to stand firm in the fact that God wants you to be more spiritual. And that's what he's waiting on you to realize, that he's already given you everything you need to make it. Stop complaining and do what you can do. Amen? Next question. What is your opinion on Trump's political... Oh, wow. Wow. I don't have to read the rest of it. What is your position on Trump's political photo op today? I'm sure they'll replay it over and over again. But something that is so sad to see this great country have to go through this season that we are in. And understand, I already said I'm not Democrat or Republican, but I do speak truth to power. What we saw today was a peaceful demonstration in Washington, D.C., in front of the White House. That peaceful demonstration, nobody was throwing rocks. Nobody was hurling insults. It was a peaceful demonstration. The police were there. The Secret Service, they were there. But then all of a sudden, the order was given to push the crowd back, to get rid of the crowd. The crowd, that were, they were not throwing bottles. They were not hurling insults. They were just standing in front of the White House to show their solidarity. But then... President Trump wanted them moved. So literally, the police on horseback, the National Guard, and, and all of the entities that be started pushing the crowd back, started shooting tear gas, started shooting rubber bullets to disperse the crowd. And the reason they dispersed the crowd, because President Trump wanted to walk across the street from the White House to the church that's directly across the street from the White House to have a photo op to take pictures, to show the country that I can push away peaceful protesters, not anarchy, not people that were threatening the White House, that I will push away peaceful protesters if they're protesting against me. The photo op was a disgrace to the word of God. President Trump took it upon himself to take a photo op with the Bible so that he can have 
pictures, this is my opinion, so that he can have pictures that he can show during the election season that I stood in front of God's house with the word of God standing for you. I pray that he knows Jesus. I pray that if he doesn't know Jesus, that he receives Jesus. And, and really, that's what the word says. We are to pray for those in authority. So for the Christian church not to pray for the sanctity of our president, for the Christian church not to pray for the sanity of a man who is taking us back years. But again, I'm not fearful because the word of God, as I stated, says these things must take place. These things must happen. It's going to get so bad that we're going to rejoice. We're going to pray. Let me say it that way. We're going to pray that Jesus comes back. But see, here, here's how the Antichrist comes into power. The Antichrist is going to come after a person who has made it so bad that we're going to look for that, that person. Some people say the Antichrist will be a politician, be handsome. It could be male or female, handsome or good looking. We, many people feel that it will be a, a male, but it's going to be so bad that we're going to welcome that person with that great voice or that handsome face who says I'm pulling the country together again. Now, does that happen right after Trump is out of office? We don't know. It could be 100 years from now, but again, we're seeing these things moving fast forward. That revelation is being lived out in front of us. That's why you need to make sure your children know Jesus. That's why you need to encourage them. Because what's going on around us is affecting young people. They should be focusing on, on, on graduations and going to college and rejoicing and getting married and raising children. But all of this anarchy, all of this negativity, it's hard for them. So you want to make sure you love on your children. That photo op, it, it hurt my heart because you can't play with God. I pray that he one day will receive God, but he, and nobody knows who's saved, but he hasn't demonstrated any of our Christian values in that position. So it was really an embarrassment. My personal opinion, it was an embarrassment and it will go down in history as an embarrassment. Amen? Great, great question. Next question. Can you help me explain the situation to my young daughter and son who are 13 years old? The situation, uh, I'm making the assumption, I'm sure it's the right assumption, that what's going on in the world, it ties to what I, I just said. This is the time that's pushing us toward the end times. This time is after we had a, a good president who brought the country together, the first African-American president. People said, we're finally here. We finally have unity amongst the races. No way would an African-American be elected president if the country was finally moving beyond racism and intolerance and hate. But then the very next president is pulling us back. So this is something that you had to talk to your children and let them know that they have to remain faithful. You have to remain faithful. It's something that, that you have to just be an encourager. I don't have the words to express it properly. But this is something that they will remember for the rest of their life. Amen. And I want you to bring that question back around again. Because we want to dissect that more. So 
Send some more questions, deal with that topic, give me some more detail, and we'll deal with that. Amen? The next question. Due to all the negativity that's going on in the world, do you believe it's safe to become a cop? Safe to become a police officer. I, I wanted to be a police officer. I just didn't make the cut. So you have to pray about that. If that's the call on your life, there's never, there's never a safe time to, I was going to say to be a police officer, but there's never a, a, a good time to do something that could endanger your life. But if that's your calling, then the world's always going to be the way it is. Even on good days, an uh, officer's life can be endangered. If that's a calling, if you're not just doing it for the money, you just need a job. But if you really have that heart that you, I want to be able to police my own community, I want to make a difference with the youth, and I feel that God has called me to do this, then absolutely, it's actually a great career. And if you're a police officer, you can piggyback off of that to get into politics. You can move from one agency to another. You can start at LAPD. I don't know where you're calling from or where you, where you are at right now, but it can be LAPD. You can use that as a springboard to move on to Secret Service. and It's actually a, a wonderful profession. Even though it's in the headlines now and it's a bad thing right now, it's actually a wonderful profession. And you don't just have to be a street cop. Maybe you want to work from a, a technological standpoint. Maybe you want to work behind the scenes. Maybe you want to be in the boardroom. Maybe you want to be on staff and you dictate policy in the department. Maybe you want to be a, a radio dispatcher. The radio dispatcher is a police officer. So there's so many different avenues that you can go into in that for a police form if you feel guys call you without even being on the street. So I, I think there's never a good time, quote unquote, to potentially put your life in danger. But if that's what you feel that you are equipped to do and you're not just doing it for a paycheck, absolutely. Do what you feel God is calling you to do. Amen? Next question. Bishop, if my parents are ministers, does God expect me to be, I guess to be one too and hold me to the same standard? No. My parents are ministers now. Oh, that's a wonderful question. Because your parents, parents are ministers, maybe pastors, preachers, every parent will love for their child to follow them in the ministry. Because there's no higher call, calling than being called by God to preach his word. No higher call that God will call mankind to preach and teach his word. And sometimes parents would love to be able to pass that torch on to a child that will follow them in ministry. But you, you can't be compelled to do that just because your parents want you to do that. That's a very personal thing that comes directly from God. I Honestly, being transparent, I would love for one of my children to be in ministry and I could pass the torch to them so they can take crossword to higher heights after I step aside. Every pastor, male, female, every man, every woman would love for there to be a secession plan. But that's not my family. My children are, are educated and they're living their life and they don't want to be in ministry. So I never ask them and never compel them. It's a calling. So if that's what you feel that God's calling you to do, but don't just follow into ministry just because your parents are in ministry. And I'm speaking without knowing the situation. I pray that they're not putting that pressure on you because it has to be a call. 
This is not a game. There's so much pressure. I'll be transparent again. There's so much pressure being a preacher. And what people see when they see preachers, all they see is the Sunday morning preacher. Satan is always attacking the man of God, the woman of God. Always. He's always up in that relationship with that preacher and that pastor is married. Male or female. He's always attacking the children. That's why you hear the term preacher's kids. Why preacher's kids so bad? Because sometimes they get involved or they're pulled into it and they don't have a choice, but then Satan starts attacking them. So we are dealing with a spiritual war. It's not glamorous. People, I'm going to keep reiterating this, people had the wrong impression. Oh, I would love to be a preacher. I shared this before. I had a young person who came to me and said that they wanted to be a preacher. And then they followed it up and said, I want to be a preacher, Bishop, because I see you and you point over there and somebody goes get what you want. Or you tell somebody to do this and they do it. I, I, I want to be like that. I said, no. No, 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 no. Wrong spirit, wrong attitude. You get into it to serve people, not so that people can serve you. So if your parents are in ministry and you don't feel God has called you, don't let anybody call you into the ministry. There's too many people that have been called by grandmama, been called by mama, by, by daddy, by auntie. You need to have a personal relationship with the Lord. You need to hear his voice, and his voice is unmistakable when he calls you to do his work. But don't let other people call you into the ministry. Amen? Great, great question. Hope that helps. Next question. Bishop, I'm aware that you are using wisdom as to when we'll be together in fellowship again. Do you think the marriage retreat will take place? I honestly can't answer that question. We're looking at starting some of the smaller ministries first. My plan right now, and all this is shifting, is to relaunch our Sunday services on July the 12th. The Sunday after the 4th of July weekend. I was going to do the 4th of July weekend, but you all won't come to church on 4th of July weekend anyway. So why relaunch on that Sunday? Don't act like I don't know. But that July the 12th time frame will be a good time for us to do the social distancing. Right now, the guidelines is that you can have no more than 100 people. But we need to be cautious. I know someone asked a question about our seniors. When we do relaunch, I won't allow our seniors to come back because they are still vulnerable. And we need to understand that even minorities are more vulnerable to this coronavirus. So we need to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. So when we relaunch, I think it will be best for us to start out with our, our marriage ministry and see how that works before we even talk about a retreat. Because unfortunately, Everybody has their own idea of how things should go. And your social distance may not be my social distance. And the way you govern yourself, there got some people that don't want to wear a mask. I still wear a mask. We have all these factors. And I need to make sure that we have a guideline and a standard at Crossword and hold people accountable to that. So will the marriage retreat still happen? I can't answer that question right now because they're already saying there may be a research. And actually... I just heard today with all of the marching that's been going on, all of the looting going on, nobody was practicing social distancing. A lot of people weren't wearing masks. So they're already saying today, it'll be a couple of weeks before they see if there's another spike. Because of all these people commingling together, we don't know. 
So we need to, again, take our time. I praise God for our online church. Praise God for those of you who are still tuning in on Sunday. For those of you who are tuning in tonight. For those who have still given to the ministry because we are still doing the Lord's work. We have the COVID-19 testing site here at Crossword. And it's on and on. We're still feeding at least 2,000 people every month. We're still doing the Lord's work. So I thank you for your heart, for still giving, for still meeting the needs of people during this trying season that the whole world is under. Amen? I pray that that answers your question. Next question. I did some research since 1619 through 2020. We have lived under slavery. That's 401 years. How much more do we have to go through this? I'm tired. It's making me so sad. I pray, but I'm tired and so afraid for my brothers and sisters. Well, when you say we're still living under slavery, I understand the gist of what you're saying, but that's a, a bit strong. We have been freed. We may still be under an oppressive system, economic system, but we still have the ability to create our own wealth. And, and what I would challenge you, I don't know if you're, you're ethnic group that you're in. I, I make the assumption that you're African-American, but the way we are free or become free is through economics. Economics, economics, economics. I keep beating this drum and I keep getting pushback. The only thing America understands is economics, period. They may not like your black skin, your brown skin. They may not like your ivory skin, but the only thing America understands is economics. The reason why we as a people, and this is a tough word, keep going through the same thing over and over again because we don't have the economics to have our own base. We don't have our own country. We don't have our own support system. We've had it in the past in pockets, but just collectively as a group, we don't come together as a people. And I know I'll get a whole bunch of pushback. Well, well they're oppressing us, this, that, and the other. They destroyed Black Wall Street in, in 1921, which this past Sunday was the 99th year of that massacre in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, when blacks were supporting themselves and whatnot. But see, it, it's economics. When you have a financial base, America listens. You have a financial base, the world listens. You think that they're not... Racist against people from China, but China makes your iPhone, your Android device, your computer. China produces so many things that we love in America. So they are respected, not because of the color of their skin, not because it's not racism, but because they have economic power. And that's why I'm opposed to, to the looting. I get it. Young people are angry. I, I talked about my Sunday sermon that when I was 19 or when I was 17, 18, 19, I would have been out there marching also. I would have been. So I get it. I get the anger. But we cannot destroy our own neighborhoods in the process. We cannot destroy our own future in the process. So I, I understand the pain, but it goes back to economics. A, a good example, then I'll move on from this. What if we become angry in Marino Valley and start burning down buildings? Why don't we run over to the House of Beauty or Iris, that area, and it's burning down? That's not owned by black people. Well, my barber works at House of Beauty. That's where I get my hair cut. One of the beauticians is a member of this church. That's where a lot of women in this church 
she does their hair. The other African-American lady who works in there is not a member of this church, but she's a Christian. And then there's another African-American barber there. I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but you, you got four African-Americans right there servicing the community. And because of anger, we go burn down the building. And now they have no place to work. They suffer financially with their children all because of, of anger. Well, we don't own anything that's burn it down. We are defeating what we're trying to accomplish. That's not the answer. We need to have an economic base. When you have the monies, you get their respect. You don't think they're racist against China? But China will say, hold up, we'll stop shipping these big old tankers across the ocean, bringing all your widescreen television sets, all these electronics, we make that. You will respect us, not because you like the color of the skin we're in, but because we have economic power. And again, I know it's been tried, but we need to figure this out, people. We have the spiritual side of it. African-Americans are some of the most spiritual people, some of the most, most deep people when it comes to the things of God, but we spend our money wrong. And I'm gonna continue to talk about this because this is what we need to do as a people. We have the wealth with all the athletes and entertainers. We're some of the smartest people in the world, but we spend our money wrong. The only thing America and this world understands is economic, and we're gonna talk about this further, so I hope that answers your question. But I'm, as you can tell, I'm passionate about this. We need to get this right, not for my sake, but for my children's sake and your children's sake. We need to get it right so we can live, leave a legacy to them that will outlive all of us. Great question. Keep them coming. Next question. If a believer makes a vow to God and breaks it, what consequences should that believer expect? Make a vow to God that you're going to do A, B, and C, and you break it. You just tell God you made a mistake, and you repent and say, Lord, I apologize. Now, if you say you make a vow to God, if you're talking about once saved, always saved, that, that's why I need more information. When a believer makes a vow to God, and you break that vow, Lord, I, I promise I will never do this again, but I'm doing it again, then you apologize. You repent. Say, Lord, forgive me. God, from that standpoint, is a repetitive God. He'll forgive you over and over again. So don't give up on God. He won't give up on you. Now what that vow is, is a, a marital vow. I, I, I don't really know. But God is the God of a second chance. Actually, he's the God of a third chance. Actually, I passed that one too. He's a God of a fourth chance. No, you know what? I look back over my life. Now nah, I think I messed up the fourth chance too. He's a God of a fifth chance. God is an unlimited God. He will never quit on you. So just dust yourself off and say, Lord, I apologize. I promise you I wouldn't do that thing again. I promise you that I will be more faithful. And I missed the mark. Father, don't give up on me. I love you. I need you. God is a patient God. He's long-suffering. So don't you quit. With that gift that God has given you, don't you quit. He loves you. Amen? Next question. says, good evening, Bishop. I'm struggling with the concept of free will. The Lord is all-knowing, and he already knows all the decisions we'll ultimately make. How does free will fall into that? Wonderful, wonderful question. See, God didn't create us to be robots. So God gives us free will to choose him or not to choose him. The Bible says, choose ye this day whom you will serve, the God of your fathers or 
the system of the world. He gives us free will. God could have made us robots when we just had to choose him. He wants you to love him as much as he loves you. He gives us a free will, but you need to choose wisely. You have the freedom to say, yes, Lord, or you have the freedom to say, you know what? I am my own God. And unfortunately, we live in a day and age where many people are doing that. Free will is the best gift God could have given us. God wanted a family. And it'd be like you having children and they can't do anything. They can't make any decision. No, you want your children to grow up and be independent. That's what God has done to us. He gives us the ability to, to make mistakes. He gives us the ability to say, you know what, I, I'm not with that Bible stuff. And stop saying, and stop giving up on God because you had a bad experience at church. Let me deal with that. Stop saying that, well, God doesn't love me because I don't like that preacher or that church or somebody in the church said something to me. Find another, another church and do what God's called you to do. Free will is a great gift. But you need to choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. You're going to serve God or you're going to serve the world that he has created. Amen? I hope that answers your question. Next one. When we return to church, will we continue to wear masks? Initially, yes. See, we're going to follow the CDC guidelines. And see, this is where it gets difficult when it comes to church. And I'm not talking about you. I am talking about the person that lives next door to you. I'm not talking about the person next door to you. I'm talking about the person who lives next door to them. We have Christians that sometimes over-spiritualize it that will say, well, I'm not going to wear a mask because I'm covered in the blood. If I know it was the blood, I know it was the blood. Well, see, stay home. Stay home. If you're going to come in and say, oh, I'm not going to listen to that. Bishops should have more faith. I'm going to come in without my... Stay home. We're going to be wise because African Americans and brown people are being affected more than anyone else. And we have primarily African-American folks and brown people. So, yes, we're going to have some guidelines. So we will wear a mask. We will practice the distancing, the six feet distancing. That's not what I want, but that's what we have to do. Because if something goes wrong, you're going to blame me anyway. So we have to do it like this. It doesn't mean I lack faith. I'm demonstrating wisdom. And then we see if there's a second wave. They're already predicting it could be a second wave in the spring. See, this is something that God has allowed to refocus us. But we have to do it the right way. And since we have three sanctuaries, we have the Haven, we have the Court, we have the March campus, we can, we're going to open all three campuses. So you can have a, a hundred, based on the CDC guidelines right now, a hundred in each building. We'll start like that. And then we have to go to three services, which is not my preference, because you can come to one and go back home. I got to preach all three, but God is able to strengthen thee. If we have to go to three services in the haven and three services on the, in the court and three services on the base, then so be it. That way we can get more people in until we see if this thing has been reined in. So again, we're going to be wise going forward amen no that's a long way to answer but i hope that does answer your question you will need to wear a mask and make it color coordinated i wish i had my mask with me but i got a, a mask that matches my shirt 
My wife be hooking me up. My wife, Pastor Karen, has made a whole bunch of... I, I have the Wakanda ones that she made. I, I like the Wakanda one. We, we ought to just start doing this instead of shaking hands. My wife has hooked me up. Get you some color-coordinating masks and come in here with your bad self. Amen. Next question. How do we raise our daughters to be strong and independent, but yet submit to husbands? Ooh-wee. That's submission word. A woman is only required to submit to a husband who has submitted to God. Let me say it again. The word submit has been torn up and thrown around. As a woman, you're only required to submit to a husband who has submitted to God. If that man is not a God-fearing man, you don't have to submit to that man. I know there's going to be a whole lot of counseling sessions going right now. But see, a man who is submitted to God is not going to lead you astray. Because that man is the head of the household. That man should lead the household. As he hears from God, he gives direction to you. You two give direction to the children. But that man is not submitted to God. You just don't submit just because. You have to become the head of that house until that man takes his rightful place. So that, that submission word has been a word that is always difficult for women. But it's a biblical word. But my wife submits to me because she knows I have her back. Now I like to say that if... You have a husband that you know if the house starts burning down, that he's going to be able to put one arm around you, the other arm around the children and get everybody out safely. If the ship starts to sink, a woman wants to know men, a woman wants to know that you're going to do everything possible to save her and the household. If that ship starts to sink, is that man going to be able to put one arm around me and the other arm around our children and get all of us to shore? She wants to feel that you're going to do that even if you can't swim. She wants to feel that you love her and the children so much that you're going to do whatever it takes to save the family. A woman will submit to a man like that. A woman does not submit to a man just because you are the man, just because you stand up to urinate. Yeah, I said it. That woman will submit to a man that she knows loves her with his whole heart and will do whatever it takes to make sure this. The family survives an adverse situation. Amen? Hope that helps. Woo! I'm glad you didn't put your name on this one. Is masturbation a sin? Is masturbation a sin? You know, from a biblical standpoint, the only time the body really has dealt with this is when masturbation took place to avoid planting a seed and birthing a child. Think about that. It's a sin if you are avoiding your God-given duty to procreate. So if it's is it a sin, I'm not going to go down that, that path because I don't know what's really generating this question. It's not the, the best practice for you, but does it fall in the sin category? I'm not the voice of authority, but the, the Bible you know, talks about the fact that you do it outside of God's will because you just don't want to have a child. Then that's definitely crossing that line. That's definitely a sin. So that, that's too vague of a question for me to go any deeper. So send me some more 
input or give me some more content, context rather, and I can decipher that a little bit better. Amen? Great question. Said Bishop, how can a person overcome habitual sin? You need to be honest with you. How can a person overcome habitual sin? It's a thing that you enjoy doing. Be it smoking marijuana, be it doing drugs, be it drinking. It's uh, something that is second nature. You've been doing it so long that you don't even think about it anymore. Even spousal abuse. Maybe you were abused as a child and now you put your hands on your woman. If that's you, see me for counseling. I detest a man who puts his hand on a woman. Detest. Still love you, but I detest you. You need to hit somebody, come up here and try to hit me. And we can talk about that. But is this something that, that is habitual? It's second nature to you. A habitual sin is something that you need to lord over. It's normally something that you like to do, be it a generational curse, be it something you was modeled by your parents or a family member or society at large. You need to ask yourself, why is it I like this thing? Why do I keep falling down the same hole? Because maturity dictates that you may still sin, but you're not going to keep falling down the same hole. You ought to be able to graduate from that thing and say, Lord, thank you for delivering me from this. I might mess up over here, but I praise you for the fact that I'm over that. That habit there has been broken. Thank you for giving me that power. Now, Lord, help me with the next one. But you can't give up. It's a battle because Satan knows your flavor. Satan knows what you like. You like vanilla ice cream, he's not going to give you chocolate ice cream. You like to smoke, he's not going to tip you with alcohol or vice versa. He knows your flavor. So you have to break that generational curse. You have to break that habitual sin. You have to break that thing that excites you and say, Lord, thank you for deliverance. Now, give me this trip to get over this next hurdle. I pray that blesses you. Next question. How do I maintain my faith in God when I suffer from bad anxiety? Mm. First of all, I'm praying for you because people underestimate anxiety. That can keep you on lockdown. It can stop you from having a long lasting relationship. Anxiety is real. My question to you is, have you gone to seek medical advice? Because sometimes there, there may be something just internally in you or some type of abuse in your past that you don't know why you're so anxious. Maybe you were abused in the past and you can't even remember it. Sometimes we, we suppress the pain of our past, be it molestation or abandonment. Sometimes we repress that and it causes us to be anxious. It causes us to be nervous. Even if you're in a marriage relationship because somebody abandoned you in the past, but, but you're afraid that maybe this person is going to walk out on you also. So anxiety sometimes is something that's so deep inside of you that you don't even know why you are the way that you are. It would be great to seek counseling or go to a medical doctor and ask them, is there anything that they can assist you with to get over that feeling you have inside? And then you need to figure out the areas that you, you have that feeling. Is it when you're in a crowd of people? Is it when you're by yourself? What is it? that causes you to feel that. You need to maybe write it down, document it. When I'm in this situation, I, I'm anxious. When I, when I do this, I just don't feel right. Kind of start taking notes so you can figure out how you can get the best help. 
And then we have counselors here at Crossword that you can talk to. I don't know if you're male or female, but we have good, strong brothers. We have good, strong women. We have people that you can talk to to help you walk through the situation. Amen? Now, we're almost at, at the end of our time, but I, I want to deal with, with, with some of what's going on in society. If you have questions specific to what we're seeing right now, because it's not going to end anytime soon, in my, in my humble opinion. This question. Can Crossword help with an economic boycott for justice and equality? Let me read it again. Can Crossword help with an economic boycott for justice and equality? An economic boycott of a particular store, economic boycott of the justice system. Again, I need more detail. When you say economic boycott, you have to have economic power to have an economic boycott. So if it's, if it's something that's that's doable and practical, then I'll entertain it. But you, you don't want to just do it just because. Is it going to be impactful? Uh, again, it goes back to what I, I talked about already, economic power, economic wealth. When we have the wealth, then we can have that, that economic shutdown. We can get people's attention. Like I already mentioned China. China has economic power. They said, we'll stop the ships from coming to your shores with all of these devices we built for you. That's economic power. So do we have that base? We have that base if our athletes will join us. But see, I can't speak on their behalf. You know how powerful it would be if our athletes say, we're not playing this season until you all address what's going on in our community? There'll be no basketball games this season. There'll be no football games, no televised football. We're not playing until you become real with the trauma that's going on in our communities. You know how quickly there'll be many conferences, no football, no basketball? What? They're not going to play? We have the power. We just use it the wrong way. Now, I can't speak for the athletes, but we have the power. We, we have business owners. We, we have Hollywood. Not just sports. We have some of the most powerful and gifted actors and actresses. Say, you know what? We're making you billions by making these movies. And then you duplicate it and put it on, on the streaming services. You're making billions. We're, we're not going to do that. I might take a hit. I might have to suffer a little bit, but no, 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 no. Until you address these issues, I'm not going to keep making you money. Netflix and Disney and whatnot, but I don't have the power to make that happen. But economic power is the thing that will change our position on this side of heaven. We have the spirit. So I already talked about we have the spiritual bandwidth. I believe African Americans specifically are the most spiritual people on the face of the earth. We love us some Jesus. We are faithful to the church. But we need to shift our focus to pulling our resources together. And again, it's been tried over and over again, recycling back black dollars. We've been here before. But I think we need to revisit it for such a time as this. Amen? We have a couple more minutes. Let me read this last one here. I have a neighbor that has been saying racial slurs to me for three years of the nine that I have lived here. My sister says that I should start speaking to her I disagree your thoughts. Racial slurs for what purpose? 
I would agree with your sister to kill her with kindness, get on her last nerve by speaking to her anyhow, or speaking to them anyhow. Maybe it be just her or family members also. I would just wave anyhow. Let her see the Christ in you. Sometimes you you could kill them with kindness. Again, I don't know the specifics, but how about demonstrating Christ? I know it's a difficult situation. I don't know what type of slurs they're slinging your way, but how about letting them know that you are a Christian? How about saying Jesus loves you? How about inviting them to church and see what happens with that? And I would love to hear more about that, but that, that disturbs my spirit. And I would love to be able to partner with you to figure out why, after what was it, nine years or something like that? I would love to hear more detail and see how I could personally help with that situation. So if you could send me some contact information, we'll dig down deeper with that situation. Amen? So the last question. Good evening, Bishop. My mom wants to know, can she come to the church and pick up the new daily devotion for us. I also want to thank you for the way you delivered the message and all the things you do. The daily devotions, yes. We do have our staff here for a short time during the week. My personal assistant, Jenna, she's here, and, and Alexandra, who works in the office, they're, they're here. Right now, they're only working three days a week. And then Pastor Monty is our, our, our campus the maintenance guy here at Crossword, he's here all the time, and we are doing the COVID-19 testing. So there's activity going on here. So the 